podcast is brought to you by the good people over at Gamefly. With over 9,000 titles for the PS4, PS3, Xbox One, Xbox 360, Nintendo Switch, Wii, and other consoles, there's no better time for gamers to make the most of their systems by using Gamefly to play all the new and classic games for as little as 32 cents a day. To start your 30-day free trial, head on over to cinemageekly.com slash Gamefly or click the support us link in the show notes for this episode. You're listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. Fleet Admiral's log, stardate 97823.4. Following the outbreak of a mysterious virus aboard the ship, and seemingly affecting the entire fleet, I've been ordered by my chief medical officer to self-isolate if I wish not to be relieved of my command. The pathogen has so far mystified Starfleet Medical as the symptoms are unlike anything seen before. Whilst they've ruled out the Kelpian illness, Vaharai, and micro-singularities blamed by the Vulcan Medical Corps, many of the crew are suffering like a saurium with a common cold. The symptoms have included a psychiatric aspect, according to my fleet's chief science officer, Captain Bubaloo. She reports crewman Bove raiding the cargo bay for over 100 kilograms of Orion spinach pasta, and, more troublingly perhaps, Chief Petty Officer Lewis has replicated 395 rolls of three-ply cushioned paper for a reason we cannot yet discern, and about which he is more secretive than a Klingon on the subject of his ridges. For now, we are maintaining morale by playing Kalto over subspace, but once one has mastered the use of elementary spatial harmonics, the challenge soon disappears. If no progress is made soon, I'm considering taking to the holodeck to sunbathe in my holographic speedos. Let us all hope that it does not come to that. It's a brand new episode of I'm a Doctor, Not a Podcast, Cinema Geekly Star Trek Podcast. It's the Chief Petty Officer, Anthony Lewis, along with the Captain, Aurora Bubaloo. Hello, Aurora. Hello. Hello. And the Fleet Admiral, Ben Knight Ben. Holding up well, I presume? I'm still ailing. And I've also found some board shorts, just in case there's an issue with the hollow emitters. Yeah, the, <laughs> you, we don't want to repeat the holographic speedo incident. No, not again. No. Not again. I'm so sorry. And I know <laughs> HR have already been on, and I know there are only two of you present, so I don't care which one of you it was, but it has made things a little bit difficult for me now back with, uh, with HR. But, you know, we'll, we'll get through it. That's <clears> right. <throat> Star yep. Trek Picard, confidentiality <laughs> agreements, everybody. Star Trek Picard, <laughs> season one, episode nine, at in Arcadia Ego, part one, the penultimate episode of season one. Here's what happened. And 
There's a lot that happened in this paragraph, so stick with me, everybody. Uh, Picard and his crew, pursued by Narek, arrive ahead of the Romulan fleet at Soji's homeworld, Capelius. Seven, of course, brings the Borg cube with her, because why not? Uh, the planet's defense system... We'll talk about the planet's defense system, but here it just says the planet's defense system. But it's a Nothing weird, it's a weird <laughs> defense system. Causes all ships to crash land on the planet's surface. The crew discovers a village inhabited by synthetics as well as by Alton Inigo Soong, aka mm-hmm. some so, apparently the son. Of Nuni and Soong that we've never, ever, ever, ever heard of before until this time. Uh, the son of Data's creator. And uh, hey, hey, hey. Oh, no, no spoilers. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, well, I mean, well, I, I think it's all in his name, but we'll yeah, find I out. I think so. <laughs> uh, they warn them of the approaching Romulan fleet. Narek is captured and imprisoned. Sutra, another doppelganger of Soji, mind melds for some reason is capable of doing that with Agnes Gerardi and reveals that the ad, uh, the, what is it? The admonition almost misspoke there. That would have been horrible of me, uh, is a warning. I've got HR's number if you need it. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this mind meld reveals that the admonition is in fact a warning from a highly advanced synthetic race that will defend their fellow synths against the threats from organic life forms. Picard tries to persuade them to evacuate the planet, but Sutra argues that they should summon the makers of the admonition to defend them. She allows Narek to escape, killing another synthetic, somehow, to ostensibly prove the danger organic life forms pose. Picard is arrested when he refuses to agree to Sutra's plan. Gerardi wins her freedom by offering to help Soong with his research developing an android body into which consciousness can be transferred. Uh, let's start with Ben. What did you think of episode nine? Um, first thing I want to say, because, you know, scarcely a week goes past when I don't sort of comment on how beautiful the show is. Mm-hmm. Wow. This week took it to a new level. Um, I was watching this in um, whatever the resolution is that it's streamed in actually on uh, Prime, I don't know, but with the new um, reduced uh, bit rate that we're now suffering from globally uh, with Prime and all of the other services, I expected to be underwhelmed slightly, um, but good lord, the effects budget in this episode was extraordinary. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And not a single scene misses a beat, even when, and I know we're coming to the orchids, but um, even when something <laughs> like that happens, every single part of it was breathtaking. I, mean, I like the Star Wars-esque scene of the crashed cube. Yes. Um, just so much of this episode was stunning. And you take um, the, the, the Sungites, as I'm now calling them, um, the... Uh, <laughs> The thing about that, all of the the costume and everything else uh, has been um, sort of bang on point for for all of the show. And I thought, as soon as I started seeing them, I thought, oh, hello, we're we're back to the the unfortunate thing. At some point in the future, clearly, there's an incident that happens in the galaxy that means that shirts are impossible to make, Um, (laughs) or at least they're thin on the ground. And as we'll find out in next week's episodes, the sleeves fall off some of them if you change um, factions as well. Yes. Uh, 
<laughs> I'm kind of looking forward to that, but I won't lie. Um, <laughs> but the yeah, it's so easy. I think when you've got the sort of world in Star Trek that we've got in this episode, like in Doctor Who, when you end up in a quarry in Wales, that it could all all of this money they've spent can just fall away, and you can think, oh, okay, we're back to nostalgic, slightly kitsch Star Trek. And I loved the fact that the the space stuff here was was easily parallel uh, and equal to um, the Star Trek movies, if not better, mm-hmm. in fact. But even with that, and in the resolution that this show is now broadcasting, it doesn't look kitsch. I mean, it's kitsch, but it doesn't look like tacky kitsch in the way that right. sci-fi so often can. Um, so just, I just wanted to get out of the way first, that I was absolutely blown away by how damn beautiful this episode was. Um, all of that aside... Uh, on the subject of plot and all the stuff that happened, I don't. I found it a little bit distracting. The only negative I can say is I found it a little bit distracting how many external references there were in this episode. It, mm. it's a problem that we saw in Discovery a bit, and we see in other sci-fi. I think, and we all, everyone loves nerding out, so you know they are playing to their audience. But good lord, how many references to twins and doubles and sort of pairs of things do you want to do in an episode? How many references yes. do you want to make to um, really quite abstract things that you've got to Google stuff to figure out, sorry, what does what does that word mean in a different context? Or you can tell that they're going, go on, look it up, go on, go on, look it up, go on. Um, you know, you could fall down so many rabbit holes watching uh, this week's show. I watched it again conscious of the fact that there were so many in there that were so distracting and just turning my brain off a little bit mm-hmm. um and it it took nothing away from it. in fact it added to it some of the beauty of some of the scenes um in terms of the uh the performances the scenes with picard every one of them is is pretty much flawless mm-hmm. um let's leave aside the potential two i think different routes for um mr a i sung um, for a moment and his mind transference and and all of that business um let's put aside the fact that he's got law's level of creepiness about him um the fact is that his scenes in this uh were demonstrating how to tackle a big problem in sci-fi effectively which is you know take the aging actor and have them not age but be kind of rejuvenated in some other way um as i suspect we may see ultimately with picard as well all, all of this is This episode was a sci-fi masterclass, and um, I found some of it emotional. Seven scenes with Picard. Um, Seven and her dopey sidekick. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, he's so sweet. The way he ran at him like a puppy. Oh, it was so cute. Um, Just... Ah, oh, genuinely, this was the first time I've watched an episode, and by the time it hit the end, I've practically screamed. I would have done if I wasn't coughing horrendously. I would have screamed at the television more. I want the next episode right now. Um, and I haven't felt like that through through the rest. I've enjoyed this series, as anyone knows, but I've not um, I've not been that totally totally stoked about it as I was at the end of this one. Uh, and the same is true of Discovery. I've loved some episodes of Discovery, but not been quite as totally drawn in as I was here. And it's really interesting. I know we said, I can't remember if it was when this started or when we were looking forward to it about the, you know, the sort of nostalgia element and the fact that if it's got Picard, it needs to pull back to, you know, to some of those older traditional strands of TNG. Mm-hmm. And I, I must admit, I've been worried about how they would do that without it being kind of corny. 
this has got the perfect balance of, of that slight, you know, a little bit funny, a little bit kitsch stuff going on. But if you're going to do it, do it with the sort of panache that they have done in this episode. I realize I'm gushing about it, but <laughs> I, I, and it may well be the very large amount of medication uh, that was in the last type of spray, but good Lord, I love this episode. Uh, Aurora, what did you think of episode nine? I mean, I agree with Ben that this episode um, was kind of like a throwback to what I am used to seeing in Star Trek, mm-hmm. um, which is something that I I've kind of been missing in this show. Um, even though you know, there's a lot of um, references to TNG, and we've seen a lot of characters come back. Um, this one felt more like, you know, we're in this strange planet, strange people, we're dealing with them. Like that, that, that whole plot, um, felt very nostalgic for TNG. So, um, I liked it a lot. Um, the synths looked very creepy. (laughs) Which Don't they? Right? Like they, but it was like, they looked beautiful, creepy. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, most absolutely. of them were gorgeous looking. Yeah. Just with yeah, makeup they, on and weird I think, eyes. I think it might be the eyes. Yeah. The eyes are the thing that. They gave them all data know, eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Data eyes. But they were golden <laughs> compared yes. to how data was. Data was just pale. Um, uh, yeah. I I also enjoyed the episode. Um, there were some things that happened like plot wise that I was a little bit confused. Mm-hmm. Um with the synths, um, especially the, the mind melt situation. Yes. Um, I didn't mind it. It was just more me thinking, did I miss something? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I'm not sure why that was happening. But um, other than that, yeah, I agree. It was, a, it was a great episode. So I like the episode, but I'm, I think I enjoyed it far less than both of you guys did. Uh the first thing I, this for me cannot be ignored. Uh, one of the, I think it's widely agreed, at least in general, that one of the worst episodes of the original series was fucking space hippies. The episode (laughs) and nothing made me more mad than when they're like, here's my planet. And then we find out it's fucking space hippies, but they're androids. They're like robot hippies. (laughs) Like, our our planet's defense system is giant flowers. <laughs> well, I mean, the flowers looked gorgeous, as Ben pointed out. Beautifully designed, very lovely looking space flowers. But I'm like, space flowers? What has happened here? Uh, in space, they're just cool flowers. That's right. I apologize. <laughs> yes. If we were if we were viewing, well, I was viewing it. I, I was viewing it on Earth at the time, uh, quarantined. Uh, but. That being said, uh, I'm like, okay, that's really weird. But then they get to the place, like the village, and it's kind of hippie-ish a little bit, but not that bad. Uh, mm-hmm. Although one of the androids' name is, like, Sutra, so I'm presuming her sister was, like, Kama Sutra, like, <laughs> put them together. And I do believe Rios mentioned the pair that he met. One of them was, like, Rainbow Sunshine was, like, his name or something. Oh, yeah, conveniently something like is also yeah. the name of next door's cat. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happens when you let a four-year-old name the cat. Okay, speaking... I, I, bright spot, real quick. I don't want to forget about it now that you mentioned it. Apparently, they did make an android spot, too. Oh, yeah. Because there, there is a cat, and they're like, it's yes. an android. They made it, and it's spot, too. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought that was actually cute. But yeah. um, to Aurora's point that she made, 
like they just threw a bunch of stuff at you like yeah. hi i'm artificial intelligence soon um that's my uh my first and middle initials uh, uh maybe i wonder if they were i don't know we'll get to the my my theory on this i don't think it's a theory that's too hard I'm pretty sure other people have thought about it, but it's the first thing that came to my mind. Mm-hmm. I'll mention it in a little bit. Uh, but to Aurora's point, like he's like, this is Sutra. She really likes Vulcans. In fact, so much that she shot herself out of mind meld. Yeah. And I'm like, can like androids mind meld? Like, how does any of this, have we talked about any of this before? It just seemed weird to me. Like all of a yeah, sudden, was, here's the yeah, thing. Like, that this like thing what's the do. technology behind it? How can you? I, I don't know. It just felt strange. But uh, when she did do the mind meld, and I did like the idea that maybe the message, a la Star Trek Four, the message wasn't meant for man. In this case, instead of humpback whales, it was meant for androids. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was a really good device. Yeah, I I really yeah. enjoyed that, and. Uh, then they revealed it's essentially the plot of Ma- the Mass Effect video games, where there is a <laughs> a super intelligent artificial intelligence that's watching over everything, and mm-hmm. when they get the call, they're going to show up and kill everything that's not right. synthetic. Interestingly, um, they were described as existing outside of space and time. They Anyone did. That mm-hmm. That's a little weird. Um, that's and been I, mentioned before. And I am interested in. I am interested in that. But yeah, this this moved along kind of quick. There was the scene where Narek killed. We we need to know more about these newfangled androids because if somebody had stabbed Data in the eye, that wasn't gonna kill Data. Like I don't oh, know what kind of androids yeah. these are. Like hippie androids. There's probably a vegan android, and you that's know, what did any it. other android would have survived. But she was a bit sickly. Yeah, that I android. Don't know, but I, I but that scene was confusing to me as well. It's it it seemed like they wanted us to believe that mm-hmm. he killed her, but I don't think he did. No, he didn't. Not a chance. No. no. So, I think what was I think what really ended up kind of sealing the deal for me, not mm-hmm. being all that impressed. Uh, and again, it's going to, uh, maybe, maybe it doesn't sound like I'm damning with faint praise. Maybe I am just damning with faint praise. I did like the episode, but as I was telling Aurora before we started recording, uh, I'm still deep into my Star Trek rewatch. I'm in season five of next gen right now. And I think what I'm missing or what I'm really craving is, uh, like the, uh, I guess the something that's not episodic. Uh, mm. I think I kind of miss mm. the next week. Here's a new adventure next week. We're going someplace else and we're learning something mm. else. I've seen mm-hmm. a lot of TV shows where it's like, here's one season and it's a 10 hour story. And yeah, I was, I think I was okay with discovery uh, because I just wanted some star Trek back and I've enjoyed discovery so far, but I was able to supplement that with Orville, which was, essentially mm-hmm. doing non-episodic television every week was mm-hmm. a different adventure. And I think it was really diminishing that for me uh, or that, that longing to have that type of television back. Cause like every show is like mm-hmm. that. Now everything is like yeah, a yeah. 10, so a 10 episode arc. movie. Uh, everything is an arc. And I was not surprised you know, that they're only going to do a uh, 10 episodes and do an arc with Picard because of course, like, you can't, you only have 10 episodes to work with. You can't waste time doing like, you know, going off and doing something else. So instead, this is like supposed to be essentially one very long movie. But when you look at it like that, I think I need something at the end 
And, you know, this, again, this is the problem with reviewing part one of a two-parter because we don't know exactly what we're going to get in the second part. But the second part has to deliver huge in order for me to think, like, 10 hours was worth it for this story. Uh, so mm. it all comes down to the last episode for me, wherein if you do a non-episodic episode of Star Trek, I've seen a bunch of those where, like, that's practically worth watching the whole season over just for that episode. If you have no choice but to watch all 24 episodes, that episode was so good, it might be worth it just for, like, you know, just to watch that. Uh, so far, I haven't really gotten anything that strong because they're trying to tell a very long story so we don't get like any one singular episode that's like oh that's going to go down in the pantheons of all-time great star trek episodes it's tough to do that when uh you don't have any self-contained stories everything is part of a larger story so i think part of it is like i just really miss that kind of show and you know all, all it's really telling me ben is I really want the Orville to debut their new season on Hulu, like right away, but they, they aren't, they're taking their sweet ass time. No. It's really annoying. Uh, I do think incidentally that the um, current medical situation plaguing our planet is mm -hmm. that um, a lot of TV schedules are going to be drastically altered very soon. Oh yeah. Think, oh, yeah. Things that are already in the can are going to get an earlier release than is currently scheduled. Oh yeah. Yeah. We're already mm -hmm. seeing, we're already mm -hmm. seeing that with, with films, uh, Pixar's movie that yeah. was just in theaters is going to be on Disney plus within like two weeks of its release. And mm -hmm. tons of movies are hitting digital. Yeah. This is, uh, uh, I think a good thing, but, mm -hmm. uh, hopefully that means anything that is close to being done. They can start shoveling out sooner rather than later. That's uh, what they're aiming for. I Shovel need, it out. I need I need that I need that Orville stuff right now. But I, I like this episode. I'm intrigued by some of the ideas. I think some of the stuff they used to get us there. Uh, boy, I don't know, Ben. You may want to forgive me for this one, but this kind of this episode for me sort of had hints of uh, Chris Chibnall's Doctor Who a little bit. Ooh, ouch. We, we felt like we were running... Uh, and to be fair, Shots Ben and I... Fired. To be fair, Ben and I go listen to the, the Who Made Who podcast, yeah. but Ben and I ended up really enjoying, for the most mm -hmm. part, Doctor Who near its fi the, the final stretch of the season. But uh, this episode, it felt like it was leading and leading and leading and leading to this. And then when we got here, it was just like, okay, here's a bunch of things really quick because we didn't mm. have time to... We don't have time to shuffle it out anymore. We only have two episodes well, yeah. left. So here's a bunch of and stuff I, right away. And that's been um, the, if you can pick a sort of a problem with Picard as a show, mm. I think because they, they started with the pace, which in the first two episodes seemed so endearing and so, mm -hmm. um, so appropriate. Yeah. Uh, if they, if they kept that pace up a little uh, for, for a little shorter, um, we perhaps wouldn't be feeling quite as rushed now. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, I mean, I think Kurt we've had a sort of semi-episodic situation with um, oh god, I've forgotten the episode title already. Uh, Broken Pieces is that the one with the Jazzle in it? Yes, I'm sure that's not it. Um, that was mm, close to being uh, a standalone yes. in, in many ways, and it felt all right, but it's still, I, d I, I really wanted. If you know a show is going to be doing um, a long arc and or in this case a fairly short art by american tv standards yeah. and you you want to get into it and it's all right to have a nice little introduction sort of you know don't frighten don't frighten the horses here's basically where we're at but if, if you do that for the whole time and then rush at the end that can be painful yeah. I'd, i have to say in terms of the 
the, the orchid thing and the mind meld thing. The mind meld thing, I don't have a square answer for yet. The orchid thing, this really depends on your take on um, the good, uh, well, one of the many doctors in the show, uh, the AI, uh, AI data, AI, um, what am I talking about? Uh, AI Sung. Because if, let us imagine there are two potential candidates as to who that could be. There's either the mind transferred iteration of um, of Doctor Sung somehow. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'd have to do a bit of explaining for that, but all right, because um, he was mad. Yeah. Um, or of course, seeing as we're returning to the balance of good twin, bad twin, and all that sort of business, yes. um, we know we know categorically that it's not uh, before. Yep. And so what we're left with is uh, a rebooted version of law. And yes. the thing is, if law were to create a planet full of um, uh, uh, like-minded uh, androids, I wouldn't be at all surprised if it was batshit crazy. On the one hand, yeah. you know, yeah, everything about that planet kind of screamed that. And his interaction with Picard when he first meets him, he comes from the back of the group, despite hearing the start of the conversation for a little while. He's clearly still stood behind them at the start of the conversation. Mm-hmm. That's unlikely to be, you know, poor direction because they don't do that on this show. So he's loitering. He creeps through. And one of the things he says is when he's talking to Picard and he, he says to him, um, it must be, you, you must find it very unnerving. Um, I, I know I am. And it's the way yeah. he said it was it, just everything about the way he said it screamed law to me. Yeah, um, yeah. That was yeah. my and, that was my immediate feeling. Uh, yeah, that makes the most sense. I mean, his initials are AI, uh, <laughs> but I mean, outside of that, he. And well, it sounds a bit like older alter ego if you say it that way, or if you do it another way. Hang on, you've also got uh, where's his name again? Hold on. So it's Altan in I go. Yeah. So if you split it up like that, and we're talking about transference of the, it's it's gonna be one of these goddamn things, isn't it? I mean, yeah. the thing that really hit me was that he essentially referred to himself as the son that Noonien Soon disposed mm. of in favor of Data, which is what Lore mm. is. Literally, uh, what Lore complained of, in fact. Yes. So, to me, that makes a lot of sense, and this would not be the first time Lore tried to gather a group of. Uh, right. mechanical-ish beings to mm-hmm. do his bidding, essentially. And mm-hmm. if they summon some sort of gigantic killer force from out of nowhere, this would not be the first time Lore has done that either. Uh, as, uh, you know, he called upon the crystalline entity to wipe out, uh, you know, his home planet and tried to do the same with the Enterprise. This would not be a surprise. Uh, no. I don't know how they explain away the body. I don't know if it's like some, ho- some sort of holographic thingy and he just pushes a button and it's it fades away and it's lore or if it's some sort of human body thing that he was able his consciousness was transferred into and it's just aged naturally with time well we Don't. know that maddox was actually an asshole um well he was and it's all a bit odd that all of a sudden you know we're supposed to be feeling terribly sorry for maddox and mm-hmm. i mean maddox is a is an unsympathetic character in um in the television versions of this, he is unsympathetic in other media, yeah. uh, including very recent other media. Um, and it just seems a bit convenient because here, of course, um, uh, AI Sung is also, you know, Oh, how t- he's, he's got it in for a poor old Agnes, hasn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, 
and you know he gives her uh, the the guilt trip over what she did to Maddox. To be fair, I wouldn't be entirely shocked if Maddox um, built the new body for you know um, what for putting Laura into. I mean, that mm. seems like the sort of asshole thing he would do. You know what? When Soong is talking with Gerardi and she shows him shows her the body that they're mm. working on or whatever. He just says, "I'm the body guy." He was like the exactly brain mm-hmm, guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Ah, that makes a lot of sense. And look, I hope it ends up being Lord. That'll feel that feels good to me. I don't know what else they could. I'm not necessarily sure what else they could do here. Uh, and so, and look, some of my some of my distrust of this particular episode. Some of it is. Some of it has to do with the circumstances everybody is dealing with. I think a lot of people are just in search of like a nice warm blanket. Like by the mm. time this was done and then I went and started watching my next gen episodes, all I could think of was like, man, I think I would have loved this episode, like this season of Star Trek Picard more if it was just him rounding up the old gang one more time to go on a mission. It's all mm. nostalgia. It's pure nostalgia, but like that felt well, it feels nice and warm. I'm sitting here thinking like, man, I hope for season two, I hope they bring back everybody, everybody from every show that's still around. I just want to see them all. Let, remind me that they're all still here, please. And let's do something fun. Like that's all well, talk, I can think about for season two. Talking of comfort blankets. Um, it's that time of the show species 29. I've decided to start calling them that just to change it up. Um, all right. You're talking about the Iconians, of, Ben. I, I might be. Um, how many, <laughs> How many references are we going to get to chronotons before we point out that the Iconians became, they evolved into a chronoton-based life form ah. who existed outside space and time um, and uh, effectively considered themselves to be overseers for the galaxy? I'm just wondering whether <laughs> at some point... I mean, basically, Look. either these are the damn Iconians or in the alternative, somebody at Star Trek Picard is trolling the living shit out of me. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is the one they avoid all social media talk about their work, except for this podcast. And they're like, <laughs> we're, we're really going to drive the screws into this I guy. am directly self-referential, which would make, <laughs> which would make the, uh, I guess that would make law. Um, effectively the sort of overseer of the heralds which would make his group of androids there effectively the sort of next generation of heralds to the Iconians yeah. I see that for them uh, Ben, mm. final thoughts on this episode, what would you give it? Um, oh, I was all ready to give it a damn five and oh, I have to roll back I mean, from that now. You, you don't have to like you know, do what your heart says uh, Follow your heart, Ben I think no, damn it! I'm not doing this. Five. Uh, f- it's going to get five, and, and next week's going to get five plus one <laughs> because I'm, you know, now he's stopped being creepy with his sister. I'm kind of all about, you know, new sleeve top. Uh, sorry, new vest top Narek as well when he changes sides <laughs> next uh, next week. And when I say changes sides, I don't mean, you know, he's lost. Uh, I don't mean he's he's changed affiliation. I just mean, you know, he's no longer into his sister and. Right. Seeing what he's up to these days. So, hey, Narek, if you're listening, call me. <laughs> Hit me up. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Aurora? <laughs> Any final thoughts on episode nine, and what would you give it? Well, I wanted to say that um, one thing that I, I've been noticing, and, and I think it became more uh, apparent in this episode, is that you have so many amazing characters in this show. Um, you know, obviously Picard, but you have members of the crew that are just great characters on their own. Mm-hmm. And then you have Soji, and I feel like Soji is 
I there's nothing that interests me about that character. Mm. Um, yeah, I entirely agree, actually. And you know, making her she's kind of like my main character, and mm. there's nothing like if you compare her to maybe you know Data, like Data was an android that everybody fell in love with, mm. um, just because he was trying to find that humanity within him. Yeah, and with Soji, she thought she was a human. Yeah, she's like a and reverse so, data. Yeah, is that reverse data, right? But there's that I don't know endearing part of data. I don't see it in her, and mm-hmm. I I care more about the other characters around her than her, and I think that's that's a problem too. Do we think her um, sister was actually the good sister, uh, the good twin? Dash? Yeah, quite possibly. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not that Soji's evil. I just. Yeah, I, I was I was more interested in the show. <laughs> I will say this: I was more interested in the character when it was Dodge until she exploded. Right, exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. Um, and even Sutra was way more interesting than Soji. Mm-hmm. So Sutra's so creepy. Yeah, yeah, super creepy. Yeah. yeah, so I'm hoping that you know in the upcoming you know episodes and then maybe if she survives next season, she gets more. I don't yeah. know, context or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, because right now I feel like it's lacking a little bit. But Well, the universe will catch up with her and that'll be karma. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Face <laughs> <laughs> <Beach> yourselves. <laughs> Computer, play rim shot. <laughs> um, with that said, I'm going to give this episode a four. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so I guess I should probably talk about the things I liked, right? That would be smart. <laughs> Um, I really enjoyed Patrick Stewart's performance in this episode. He continues to be pretty damn good. Uh, although I will say this, he was trying to make an argument for them to not call down the Iconians slash the, oh God, what were the Mass Effect villains called Aurora? How can I not recall mm. them right now? The giant robot thing. Oh, well, I, know, I can't remember it either. I don't either. remember. Uh, well, that's, that removes all of my Mass Effect cred immediately. <laughs> One of my favorite games of all time. I don't remember what the villains are called. Uh, whatever they are. Uh, they. Uh, he's like, no, 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 don't call these things down. Like, th- There's got to be a better way to solve all of this. He's trying to make a very good argument from his perspective. But from their perspective, they're like, asshole. Like, that's nice that you think that about us, but nobody else thinks that's a, like, these guys want to kill us. You guys don't necessarily want to kill us. You just want to ban us from existence. Mm. And he's like, well, you know, uh, and it's like, yeah, but this is over your head. You're not even in Starfleet. You have no okay. control over this anymore. Uh, to be fair, the androids, I can see where they're coming from. And they're, I think we're supposed to maybe not see where they're coming from, but they made too good a point. Like... You know, nobody... Like, what other recourse do they have here? Well, uh, are the androids truly a villain in this? Because I'm, they might not I'm not be. convinced that they're not... Yeah, I'm not convinced that they yeah. are. Yeah. Uh, they might not be. But I think Picard is trying to say, we don't know exactly what we're calling down. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he's like, look, his plea is like, please don't become the monsters that they think you are. Like, mm. don't do the... You know, don't take the road where it's like, oh, they think this about me. Well, then I guess that's what I'm going to be. Like He's pleading with them to not do that. But on the other hand, it's like, well, there's a giant ass fleet of Romulan ships coming to blow them up any moment. 
what are the what are the recourses? So mm-hmm. maybe the Federation shows up, and maybe they've rethought uh, all of this, uh, all of their nonsense. But you know, the, well, the, the definites are, are almost certainly these, aren't they? You're going to get. Um, so we we obviously know that we're going to see more of um, Seven and her comedy sidekick. Yes. Uh, I'm not even going to give him a name anymore. Elnor um, the murder puppy. <laughs> yeah, oh, maybe that'll stick actually yeah fair enough um the Borg cube is the only thing that can take on 218 um uh romulan ships with any degree of credibility most likely yes uh, it is it is a little bit grounded right now but uh, yeah. can do. the serena um, is not going to take on this fleet so no it most definitely is not um the the the, the i won't disclose it here but for those who are aware of the plot spoiler that is kicking around on the internet that involves this page of a script i get that that might happen but i don't really see the point of it unless it's just to write somebody out um the 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 whole thing is they've got one episode in which they've now got to resolve well you would hope anyway they're going to resolve the bulk of this um this pair's twins um arc and that almost feels impossible at this yeah. stage but um which now what do we feel about this though because if that means that that all rolls into a second season are we going to see picard bot first question and if so God, i mean i love that as a an idea um Trans- oh you're talking about but... transferring picard's uh yeah uh yeah. consciousness into whatever thing it is that they're building in there mm. yeah absolutely um, and are we going that, yeah. to see yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's. I think it's inevitable. But, um, but then, are we going to see more of the Federation? Because at the moment, um, we've have we seen the bridge of any Starfleet vessel so far? No, I don't even know if we've seen any Starfleet vessels. Have we? None immediately spring to mind. Yeah. Are we going to see the Q, or else? Are, how are they going to explain the the eight sun um, arrangement mm. uh, that? Because they kind of glossed over that, didn't they? They went, "Oh, we're here now. It doesn't really matter about any of that." Well, um, I mean, if they if they are <laughs> if if the whatever race it is are this powerful, mm. perhaps they contain this sort of ability. But um, yeah, that sort what's, of has what's your top what's your top prediction then? Because we also haven't seen um, <laughs> Riker or Troy back yet. Well, mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't have a top prediction. I just have a thing that I would like to speak into existence in the mm. hopes that it doesn't occur in the show. Ooh. Um, as somebody who is, uh, you know, we, we know we don't talk about Star Wars too much on here. Ben doesn't even know what that is. Never <laughs> uh, but the there were there were some problems with the, the, the last movie that came out. One of the things that I did not like... Was is that something... the remake of the first one? No. Uh, I know they've done another one since then. I heard this is yeah. the uh, this is the this is the one that they they didn't remake any elements honestly and uh, no true it was a damn good film in fairness <laughs> uh, but the end uh, the end was uh, very trying and I hope this does not happen mm. here so I'd like to speak it into existence yeah. I would not like at any point for them to be on the brink of disaster only for Picard to receive some sort of hail and it's mm. Riker who we know has said that he is on active reserve but. He's mm-hmm. not coming back unless it's a big emergency. And he's on the deck of the Enterprise E or F or whatever. And he's uh, like, I brought all the Starfleet with me and we've changed our minds about androids. Let's help. Mm-hmm. I Sorry. I'm great. sorry. This cannot happen within the span of days <laughs> or minutes. No. Well, Worf, unless I've misunderstood the timeline, as we are right now, <laughs> Worf is the captain of the Enterprise. I have no so, idea. 
Yeah, that's right. Well, it's I it's mean, there, not in on there, screen, but it is in canon literature. At, at one point, well, I, all I know is that at one point in canon literature, in one of the the prequel comic books to the JJ verse movies, like B four became Data again, and he was captain mm. of the Enterprise. So, and they wipe that away from history here because they're like, oh, the B four thing didn't take, so we just disassembled him. Makes uh, sense. So uh, I no idea for sure. Uh, I would like for Worf to show up and he's like, I brought a bunch of Klingons because the Federation are dicks, but I'm still loyal to you. Uh, I wouldn't mind that. Uh, that would be okay. And we haven't seen any Klingons or Worf for that matter. Mm-hmm. So I would be totally Federation, okay with that. Do you think the Federation are going to learn that it was the Romulans who, well, they're about to learn that Commodore O ain't no Starfleet officer, aren't they? Because she's in right. the she was in the Romulan, Romulan regalia. Yeah. yeah. So maybe they will... I mean, they're going to have to do a pretty quick change of heart over the Mars incident, aren't they? And they when did they say they're, that that was yeah. The Romulans orchestrated the the attack on Mars, is what we also yeah. learned in this episode. Um, so yeah, which they, I think we we said in episode two, didn't we? Yes. Uh, so look, I will be more than happy uh, to maybe even retroactively change the score for episode nine if episode ten comes through and puts everything together real good but so far for me this is kind of like this is sort of like my chibnall trust index that we have over on doctor who this is exactly what i was about to say (laughs) this is this is my kurtzman trust index rating for uh this episode i gave it a three and a half but i'm willing to see where we go with the next episode uh i'm really hoping it's not Riker showing up and it's like we changed our mind (laughs) <laughs> I mean, if I'm being honest, I'm kind of on board for Riker showing up, oh, no matter what. <laughs> I've just realized they're synthetic life, Admiral, but I can hear their thoughts. I've never encountered androids. Oh, good Lord, no. Right, right. That's my speak it out of existence. Thing. <laughs> good God. Back off, Troy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But, but that explains why there are no counselors on our ship. By the way, absolutely, the, the USS <laughs> oh, yeah. Cinema Geekly. They tried uh, to send us one, didn't they? But um, mm-hmm. an unfortunate incident. No, Ben yeah. beamed her into space. <laughs> I mean, there was a yeah. transporter failure. This captain will never allow it. <laughs> mm. No, quite right. She was transferred to the USS Vacuum. Dead in a cold vacuum. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right, so that's the episode for this week. Oh, wow, we're ending on a grim note. Uh, <laughs> that's the episode for this week. Head on over to cinemageekly.com to check out the archives of the show. And, of course, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify. Just search for I'm a Doctor, Not a Podcast. Hit subscribe, and that way you can hear us come back next time and talk about Star Trek Picard Season 1, Episode 10, the Season 1 finale at In Arcadia Ego, Part 2.